Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Diecast Movie Podcast, where we do movies that are decided by the roll of a die, where the genre is rolled, and then we get to pick which movie we're going to talk about. And we also do interviews, too, but today we're doing a movie discussion. And I'm joined by Chad Hunt, who a lot of you that listen to podcasts, especially horror podcasts, would know him from the Decades of Horror pad- podcast line, which includes the classic era, the 70s, and the 80s. So there's three different podcasts that I know he's on there that I listen to on a regular basis. And he's one of the co-hosts with it. And he does other things, too. He's an artist for comic books. You've probably seen some of his work in Wolverine and Femme Force. And, of course, he's associated with Gruesome Magazine with doing some of their different productions. How are you doing today, Chad? Hey, Stephen. I'm doing fine. I'm glad, glad, glad to be here with you today. Oh, I'm glad to have you today. And I'm, I was on your show not that long ago, the classic era, substituting in for Whitney, and that was fun and enjoyable, and I was hoping you'd come on to my show, and you were nice enough to do it. So thank you for coming on. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. And, and for listeners, really, they go in some deep dives on the horror. They're, they're, they're great. Um, each podcast, the classic era, the 70s and 80s, have a different group of hosts with really just two people that – are pretty much the, the main through line of all the podcast hosts, and that's Chad and Jeff Moore. So if you like those two guys, you're going to have them on all of them, and then they're with two other people in each one. And you get different points of view about the different movies that they're discussing. And sometimes they'll have a guest on also. Sometimes we do. Uh, like if one of us is going on vacation or extended uh, leave or something, we'll have uh, we thought it's fun to have some of the listeners on as guests sometimes, and it, that works out really well because it's you're getting a new perspective on on some of the movies that you might not get otherwise, and it's just it's, just, it's a I thought I thought it was a cool idea to do that. Well, it was great having you on that time too because you uh you you broke it loose, man. You were hilarious on that. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I enjoyed your one in the '80s, the recent one with. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street, where you had the guest who actually did some of the work on the movie, and uh, that was nice to get that, you know. It, perspective. Oh yeah, Dream Warriors. That was uh, Ralph Miller. He worked on the uh, Freddy TV when the famous uh, uh, "Get Ready for Prime Time" and the hands come out of the side. He worked on those, and Ralph's a very very cool guy. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's what I like about it. When you get some people that work on those cre- those creative types that are there, that people forget about because everybody always remembers the people that you see on the screen, but they forget about all the people that are behind the scenes that help make the magic work. And mm-hmm. I love I love them when you get a chance to talk to them, just like I love getting to talk to them about movies and you know pick their brains about stuff. Yeah, yeah, I love it too. It's um, you get insights you wouldn't normally get. From, from those guys, uh, especially Ralph. Ralph's worked on a lot of major horror movies in the 80s. And, and we've talked to Tom Savini uh, a couple of times and and uh, just uh, have a great time on, on the show, man. It's just us sitting around uh, talking and BSing about our favorite movies and like sitting around the living room, you know, uh, type of deal. And, and I, I enjoy it immensely. Yeah, and you guys, it shows. I mean, sometimes you guys will be talking about a movie that nobody really cared too much about. I know that happens to you every so often. And we, I know from listening to your podcast that Chad really does dislike dislikes totally dancing in any movie, it seems. Yeah, and no musical numbers. That's my personal rule. No musical. I have my thumb over. If I even smell a, a musical number coming, my thumb starts shaking. They hit the fast forward button because I just, I just can't stand it. I can't stomach it. <laughs> and when I did horror at the Black Museum with you guys, I felt terrible when I was watching the movie for the first time, and it has this long dance sequence for about I don't know four minutes or whatever, where the, the girls doing her go go dancing. And I'm and my first thought was, oh, Chad's not going to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't. I wasn't happy with that. It's. Uh, <laughs> I immediately fast forward. And it looked like she was going to dance. I, I was like, "No, this this ain't happening." It just it's uh, it's just a fun little jab at, at Jeff because he did a few uh, musical numbers at one time, and, and anything I can do to uh, 
stick it to Jeff uh, during the show. Uh, at sometimes at the expense of my own uh, humility and you know and pride, I'll still uh, do something to uh, aggravate Jeff, and that's usually one of the things. Yeah, it's like a big brother little brother relationship between the two of you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he's the way older brother, way way older brother. It's like one of those families that had like 15 kids. He's the oldest and you're the number 15, you know, one of those real long gaps. Right, right. Long gaps. Uh, you know, the parents are like 70 years old by the time they had me. And, uh, you know, that's how old, that's how old Jeff is. <laughs> <laughs> and we know what Jeff's going to love when he hears this part of the episode. If he listens. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, when I asked you to come on the show, as people know, we rolled a genre dice, and I rolled animation and drama. And I remember when I said that, I was like, animation and drama, and you kept animation. I was like, and drama, you know, animation. You, you didn't even care about hearing the drama part. You already had your mind made up. Animation is <laughs> where you were going. And I think it's because of your comic book background. Yeah. I, I love um... – I love any kind of animation. I grew up on Warner Brothers, Looney Tunes cartoons, Popeye cartoons, and just have always loved it. I've loved, uh, you know, I grew up with the Thundercats and, and, you know, all those kind of cartoons. I just love the animation. I, I'm not trying to uh, tell on myself or whatever, but I, I've worked at Disney for a while uh, in animation. And it, they were, at the time they were still, uh, I worked for a division that did, um, animation for like educational films and stuff like that. So I did, uh, we did a cartoon on, uh, Tesla, uh, the, uh, the electrician, electrical guy and, uh, him and Edison, uh, sort of going at it in the cartoon and, and, uh, the hand-drawn, so I'm used to the hand-drawn animation Loved, loved doing that. So I've always been a fan of, of cartoons and animation of, of every kind. Just, uh, yeah, that just immediately jumped at me. I, I'm not that interested in, in drama very much, just a handful of movies maybe, but uh, animation's where it's at with me. Oh, I love animation too. And you're, you're talking about those and speaking, because I know what movie we're going to be headed into um, to talk about. One, one of the things I loved watching was Robotech when I was growing up. Speed Racer, yeah. you know, so there's, mm-hmm. there's things that are coming from the Far East over to us, and it's just, it has that nice style with it. And this movie, to me, that we're about to talk about, is, is reminiscent of that style with a little bit of heavy metal style yeah. going in yeah. with it as a nice, as a nice cross, at least combination that, that really hit my sweet spot. Exactly, exactly. Same here. I, I watched all that stuff growing up, uh, uh, too, and I'm just, so the movie we're going to talk about tonight is just was something that I saw and was exposed to, and it just blew me away, um, animation wise. And for listeners wondering, we're talking about the 1989 movie Bo, based off the um, manga series that came out during the 80s, and it's a 46 minute, 47 minute, slim, quick, very fast moving movie. And what led you to pick this one? You know, for some, besides some of the reasons you already mentioned, I I love wow, I love I love this film. It, when I saw it, the first the first animated film from Japan that I ever saw was uh, Akira of the modern day stuff. I mean, I did watch Speed Racer and, and Robotech and stuff like that, but I was unaware that there was animation out there that uh, Japan was putting out that was miles ahead of what I was used to seeing from them. So um, being a fan of Akira, I started to get into it a little bit. And the very next film that I watched was Bao. It was um, a combination of everything that I love, sci-fi, horror, um, action. Uh, and you're right, it's it's a fast-moving film. Uh, no, no lean i mean it's all lean there's no fat on this movie it's just action by today's standards it's probably not as shocking to see because it's it's full of gore 
uh, nastiness like that and just bloody fights and, and uh, laser beams and, and stuff like that. And, and it's just uh, savage. It's a savage film. And I've never seen anything like it. Akira, Akira is an, a different animal. So when I saw this, this was just balls to the wall in your face uh, action. And, and it doesn't get, I don't, I feel that it doesn't get the recognition it should. It, it's sort of uh, underappreciated, I would say. Uh, not, not too many people know about it. And I just thought it would be a great film to like expose people to if, if they've never seen it before. And for listeners that want to watch it, it's, if, if you go on YouTube, you can find it. It's B-A-O-H, mm-hmm. Bow. It's also called Bow the Visitor. It's the same thing. So if you're looking, you what well, is it's the visitor, it's the same movie. Um, you can find it as the dubbed version and the subbed version. Both are on YouTube. So if you do a little searching, you can find it. Uh, it's like one of them's 52 minutes because it re-shows some scenes in the movie at the end. And the yeah. other one is 46 minutes. So don't don't get thrown off. If you look at the time, it's the one's a little longer. It's the, it's the correct movie. It's just whatever reason the person who put it up there added uh, some extra um, scenes. Well, not extra scenes, but scenes that were shown earlier just so we can see more carnage because, you know, there was never enough. Yeah. It shows, you all, it shows all the best, goriest uh, scenes in the movie, action scenes. Uh, it just plays them on a loop all at, at the end, end of it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, a little highlight reel in case in case you closed your eyes, you get to see a little more. <laughs> yeah, I had never even heard of this movie until you brought it up, and then so it was my first time watching. And I watched it twice. I watched both the subbed and the dubbed version. And I'll say, the ver- the two I saw on YouTube the the sub the, the subtitled version was not a good of a transfer. But the dubbed version I saw was a really good transfer. And I saw the dubbed, then the sub. I'm sorry, the subbed, then the dubbed. And um, (laughs) so it was was a nice contrast between the two. And I saw them back-to-back days. And it was – but I I could definitely tell that it was was much cleaner. You can can really enjoy the artwork. And that was the one nice thing of watching the dubbed version is I didn't have to worry about the words popping up blocking the artwork. It was full, pristine. I was able Mm -hmm. to – um, see everything that they were throwing at me, which is a lot. And listeners, we might end up spoiling this movie by accident just because it is only 46 minutes. And um, so some of the things we're talking about, are it's going to be spoilers in there. Uh, so just, just be aware. You might want to watch it first and pick up where we're leaving, pick up right where you left off now. So this is not often where I spoil movies at the end or whatever, but this is one because it's a lean movie. It's a quick movie. There's not much plot to this movie. We're probably going to end up spoiling this movie. But I will warn you, just in case if you're still listening, there is animal violence. So if you're the type that does not like animal violence, even if it's animated, um, this this is not going to be the movie for you. Uh, definitely. All right. So give the listeners an idea what the movie is about. 17-year-old Akiro is kidnapped and turned into a bow, a bioweapon with superhuman strength and other abilities. By the Dores, or Doris, laboratory, he escapes with the help of a nine-year-old psychic girl. The professor, who's the head scientist at Dores, sends various assassins and monsters to try to kill Akiro in means of stopping the bow virus from spreading and infecting the world. Now, that's what it says here. I don't think it's a virus that's going to be spreading and infecting the world. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it, it, it's not even really a virus. Uh, it's, it's sort of a, well, uh, if we're going to spoil it, we might as well start spoiling. <laughs> but uh, but uh, it's, it's, it's more like a, a worm larvae that is implanted as a larvae into the bloodstream and it finds its way to the brain and attaches itself there and this this worm is called a bow is actually the bow and uh once it does do that it can give the host a uh, different powers uh exactly uh, it it 
makes this armor plated skin. Um, he has electrical abilities, uh, the ability to uh, emit corrosive gas or something out of his hand that can melt human flesh and his hair, which is always wild and, and can like throw these laser beam porcupines, <laughs> uh, quills at, at, and they explode once they hit their target and, uh, just very cool stuff. It adapts to however it, um, or adapts its host to whatever the danger is that it, that it's facing. Um, and it has only has a short, uh, life um, once it's uh, matured and uh, so the, usually the host will die and the bowel will find another host to uh, inhabit very very cool stuff it is cool and and listeners that that literally we gave you is the whole plot of the movie there's not like really anything <laughs> left it's when, when the movie yeah. starts and i like movies that do this in, in real life it just starts with something happening right off the bat where we have the, the nine-year-old girl running through a train with, with people chasing her, and we and you really have no clue what in the world is going on. I mean, you see the girl being chased. You don't know why. You know, she has this um, creature that looks like some cross between a cat and a squirrel with a puff circle tail. or It's kind of... Yeah. You know, weird thing. poodle tail. Poodle tail. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was, you know. So you have no idea what's happening, and pretty much through most of the movie, you're always trying to catch up to what is going on, and because these things are happening, mm. and they give they give very little explanation. Basically, almost the exact bare minimum of explanation to anything that's happening. Yeah. Well, it, it relies heavily on action sequences. This uh, this uh, little girl, she's escaping from the duress corporation, and um, so did uh, I can't remember the boy's name in, in his, Akira? Uh, Akira, yeah, um, he's the one that holds the the uh, bowel parasite in him. So it, it's 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 just it's a chase movie, and uh, because the duress uh, corporation is trying to find them to get them back. Uh, because they're, it looks like uh, there's these three mass, three or four mass dudes that are sitting there watching the, who these uh, weapons are being built for or being made for, I guess. And um, so they want it him back. So he starts sending these assassins and monsters and robots, and uh, which is basically just an excuse to, <laughs> for him to go crazy and rip heads off and melt faces and and stuff like that and save the little girl and she's in danger. So it's it, it basically, it's a, like a 48 minute chase movie with a big, uh, with a big cool, uh, action scene at the end. An action scene at the end. You mean action scenes throughout the movie? <laughs> yeah. 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 I was gonna say, yeah. but it's almost like if you took an hour and a half movie, an action movie and decided let's get rid of all the, the unnecessary dialogue explanation, everything. And let's just have the action bits. Yeah. And this is, there's no character have. development, no character development whatsoever. And that, that is the plot of the movie. That is it. There's, they're chasing him to get, to get the, uh, to get them back. And the little girl's a telekinetic. I think she, she's, um, she's able to tell when they're getting close to them and, I don't know if she's and telekinetic help. as much as psychic um, because she can open combinations and she can predict the future. So she's like a little bit of a pre-con. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. She, she uh, is able to see and has dreams about things and, uh, and sort of can tell what's going on. So yeah, then that's about all you know about, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like I said, it's just balls to the wall until the very end. And no time for uh, no time for who's your mom, who's your dad, how did you grow up? There's no none of that kind of stuff. I think I think the only time they go for any real explanation scene is when they're at the the bus stop where the girl got some food and they were talking and she said how she was raised in an orphanage and you know and her name is basically she was named after violets and we're not saying the girl's name because we're not really sure how to pronounce it. <laughs> so, but it's it's oh my gosh. But it's actually, I, 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 you're gonna go for I it. I can, I can try. Samir, Samiri, 
Samiri, I think is how I heard it pronounced. Yeah, which is uh, uh, which, which which is basically it's like for violets. It's the name for violets. Yeah, yeah. Samiri, I think that's it. That's how I heard it anyway. Well, he melts Akira when he's bow. Math melts people's faces. He does it countless, I don't know how many times, like six, seven times. There's a lot of soldiers. Um, Agent 22 or number 22 mm-hmm. gets melted that way. If that remind the animation reminded me so much of Raiders of the Lost Ark with the one Nazi where his face melts. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. And I'm wondering if that's where they may maybe lifted it from Raiders. It looked so much like it. So it was, uh, that was cool. And it's, the animation is not your standard star, you know, any, anything that came before it that was from Japan. This is very detailed, very, um, a lot more frames per minute or per second. And um, so it's, when they're moving, it, they're moving. It's not just a static body and maybe the arm moves and, and this thing. It's, it's like a whirlwind of action and especially when bow goes into action and and starts killing everybody so um good good stuff oh it is and it's just i love when he uses some of the different powers either the professor is saying what he's what kind of phenomena he's using he's He's, he's using the bow melting palm phenomena or yeah, yeah. But, or it'll pop up on the screen. If you're watching the um, subtitled version, it'll pop up with phenomena he's using. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was kind Would of you, funny. It's like a freeze. That was kind of, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it shows the bow reskinning hardened saber phenomenon when the blades come out of his, his arms and, uh, just cool stuff. The bow shooting bee stingers phenomenon. That's the hair, the hair thing. Um, these little needle like things that shoot out of his hair. And the, yeah, the screen would like freeze for a second. Then it would have it across the bottom, sort of like a Batman and the pow biff <laughs> slam kind of thing. But, but that, that's done. That's done in a lot of uh, movies from Japan of this type. They, they like, Here's a cool power, but we're going to tell you what it's called, you know, in the subtitles. It's pretty cool stuff. It's, it's, I think with um, watching Pokemon with my kids and stuff like that, it, 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 it makes me wonder, oh, they missed out with having a card game for this one, you know, where it was been like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got this power. Yeah. This is the cool one, you know, because you you'd have the image right there that you could put on the card and be ready to go. Yeah, yeah. The only way uh, to kill this bow thing and the worm is – uh, you got to remove it from the brain by force and then burn it. Now, that's the only way it can die. Um, so it'll die, it, uh, I think they said 100 days or 110 days after the worm has been living in the brain. Um, so the, the larva would leave, and when it leaves, it will kill the host anyway. So you also got that little piece of suspense, like, because you like Akira. You, you you like his character, so you don't want him to die. And uh, so you have that little bit of suspense hanging over your head, like what's going to happen, you know, after the worm leaves him. But uh, it figures that out by the end where it's, he's not really, he doesn't really die. It looks like he explodes at the end when he kills the final boss or whatever. But uh, it's also, I guess he can be uh, put into dormancy. Yeah, salt water. From what I read, salt water puts them in a dormancy because they had them in a container in the train, and they yeah, had water. Yeah. They never said salt water, which would have been a good thing to add to their dialogue, both in the subbed and the dubbed version. If they would have said salt water, they just kept saying the water's leaking out, and yeah, it was yeah. because the girl was tur- turned to valve, which was emptying the water from the tank once she was right. there. And it's almost like the girl, because of her cognitive abilities or pre-con or psychic abilities, knew what she had to do to unleash this other thing. Because earlier she let out all the dogs to try to stop the people from pursuing her. Now she's like, Oh, let's, let's unleash what's in the door behind door number two this time, you know, <laughs> and let yeah, them take yeah. care of it. Yeah. It was, uh, like I said, if you're, especially if you're a fan of movies, action movies from the eighties, you, I think they, you would like this movie a lot. Um, superheroes, if you like superheroes, you'd love this movie. 
horror fans will definitely like it. Gore fans, gore hounds will love it. This, uh, I was going to say, that is it called Duress or Dorets? I think it's Dorets. D O R E S S. I'm not sure if it, I'm not, not sure. It's like Dores or Dores. 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 I'm not something sure. Like, something like that, anyway. But this Dr. Kasim um The professor. He's like yeah. the, yeah, yeah, we'll call him the professor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he realized that he had succeeded past his wildest expectations of this thing. So he's like, uh, almost in awe of everything uh, Ikuro can do. And so he's, uh, I don't, I guess I couldn't figure out if he's a a really, really bad guy because he was like rooting for Ikuro at the end with the final fight with the boss. Like, use this, use that, use this power, use that power. And then immediately after, <laughs> he gets killed by, by a, a dropping uh, stalactite and uh, so it's I don't know if he was how they were trying to play him off there I'm not too sure but he was the typical science guy think, evil scientist I guess yeah it definitely was the mad scientist I think he was evil because he was trying to kill him he said oh kill the girl too she's in the way and he's yeah he, he's treating animals and people as disposable experiments uh, so I, I, I look at him as being more on the side of evil but like Dr. Frankenstein, he sees his creation, his monster at the end. He's like, I did it. I did it. Look oh, at it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And that's, of course, he gets, he bites it right after that. But he finally, you know, you know he got to see him. I, I pulled it off and, and nobody's going to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody dies. <laughs> Everybody dies except the little girl. And, uh, but, um, yeah, this is. This has always been one of my favorite. And from here, this movie took me into other uh, ovas like uh, uh, Demon City, Shinjuku, uh, Appleseed, Euro Dotsukuji. I think I'm mispronouncing that. Euro Dotsukuji, which is it goes is just bonkers, wild with violence and stuff and blood and even sex and stuff like that. But um, these older, these older uh, Japanese animated shows or and movies like this, um, you don't see too many of them anymore. Are you? They're, they're not. It's like uh, ACDC puts out a new album now, and they go, and everybody goes, "Yeah, but it's not back in black." You know that kind of that. Kind of, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of new anime and a new uh, wave of, of animated. Uh, Features from Japan and everything, and manga, but but you never see a lot of the kids that read it now go back to um, those kind of stories and those original ones that I used to watch when when I was uh, coming up on this, on this and that and it's a shame really because these things are just to me they're amazing, uh, especially ones like Appleseed that it's just a cop an action like almost like RoboCop with RoboCop and, and a partner or something. And this police action, you know, nothing really out of this world about it, but it's just sci-fi tech police action, stuff like that. Demon city. I think I said demon city already, but, um, just some weird horror stuff in that, that you don't, nobody ever references it anymore. And that's another reason I wanted to do bow as well because it got it really got me uh looking into this almost darker side of manga so it's that's that's one of the reasons why i wanted to cover it as well well i'm glad you did and there were there's two villains i want to make sure we bring up and talk to people about that i really liked we'll talk about the um the end boss in a second but we'll talk about the um the in-between guy um dordo who was the um the I think they called him a general or a colonel or a captain or whatever. They gave him a rank, but he was the the, the cyborg snipe, sniper. Yeah, yeah. He was one of the rare people that survived a first attack or first meeting with Akiro. <laughs> Didn't get through yeah. the second time, but he got through the first time. And I thought it was cool when you find out he was a cyborg and how they showed yeah. it all. What did you, what'd you think of Dordo? 
had he been human, he wouldn't have lasted as long as he did. But it was, uh, uh, that was definitely had a Terminator vibe going with that one. And it was, uh, you thought, well, he's, he took care of these other, that first guy, number 22 in quick fashion, this guy's going to be next, you know. But it turns out he uh, attacks uh, Dordo, rips, tries to rip some of his flesh off, and it just, there's a robot underneath. And you're like, whoa! And it's uh, very much Terminator-like in his appearance. And um, very, very cool. Uh, now, like I said, these 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 things aren't uh, genre changing <laughs> things, but it's but it's really, really cool animation, you know. And it, it's sort of threw a little monkey wrench in the works where you think, oh, Bow's going to take care of him, and no, no, no problem. I love it how when he's in the helicopter and Bow's in, starting to infiltrate or trying to infiltrate the laboratory to save the yeah. nine-year-old girl because Dordo kidnapped the girl to bring Bao to them. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, this was not a bright decision. But, hey, he was not, the, you know, it's not his main decision. He was the hired help. He was doing what he was told to do right. by the professor. And I love it. He's in the helicopter. He's explaining this whole shell thing. This shell is a great sniper thing. It could take out an armored, like, a um, troop transporter and all this stuff. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to use this bullet here. I'm going to blow you all across this rock that you're climbing up. You know, he's going for the yeah. whole long evil dude mon- monologue, shoots it. Um, Akiro turns into Bo when he, when he senses there's trouble, uses, I guess I'm a, somehow this worked. They said it was electrical. Used an electrical power to send it back to the guy, and he's just like, He's sending it back. No. And there goes the helicopter. Yeah. And he's, he, just went yeah. out, he went out in the end like a wuss. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. That was the break dark thunder phenomenon move where he could have 60,000 volts of electrical energy he could discharge, which is another cool thing. But like I said, that was another very cool sequence, especially when he's looking through the sniper scope and it attaches to his eye. Cool stuff, man. Just very cool. You're not, just not used to seeing that in cartoons. This is uh, and I will admit when I watched level. it the second time, there was a time they had another bow, which was a they had earlier in the movie, which was a dog, and they were showing it to the the um, the people that were financing this whole operation to show them what the project was like. And this is how they also show how you how you kill a bow, and that's when Dordo comes out to kill it, hits a headshot, and you know takes out the brain. But at, the first time I saw the movie, it's like, man, he, they're really focusing on him aiming that shot. And I didn't pick it up. But the second, maybe it also could have been the transfer because the transfer wasn't as good. And when I'm watching the dubbed version, the transfer, you can see the iris in his eye change. And it becomes oh, like okay. a little crosshair type thing or something where, and I was like, and knowing that, and also knowing he was already a cyborg from the first, I was like, ah, that's their tell letting you know he is not, you 100% human. And I thought okay. that was clever. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but I was, I, I haven't seen it back to back days. I was able to pick up on that little bit. I think that's the nice thing about rewatching a movie sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, that scene was cool too. It was, um, it, like, like you brought up at the beginning, it, they bring out this little dog and they introduce a tiger. And to watch him transform into a bow and defend himself against this tiger. And he just, he takes care of the tiger. He, he transforms, the dog does, and just and just does away with this tiger. And then uh, the dog is then assassinated. His head's, his head's cut off. And then the worm emerges from the head. And then Dordo kills the, destroys the worm. He was, uh, demonst- like you said, demonstrating how to how to destroy the bow. But yeah, I did notice that, but I didn't think anything of it. Like I didn't connect it later on because I, I, a lot of the Japanese animation at that time, it was a, a lot of things were something being cool over, <laughs> you know, uh, over it it, it. it looked cool, and it, it didn't have to make sense, you know. <laughs> Uh, especially the outfit that uh, it, uh, it was wearing with the big giant puffy sleeves and big giant turtle. didn't make sense, but it looked cool for the time in the 80s. And uh, 
so that's how, and that's how I probably chalk it up is that I was like, well, that's cool, you know, but I didn't tie it into that later on. Still cool though. Yeah, because the first time I watched it, I thought he was just like hesitating a second, like you know, to, to make the shot, like because because Bo was charging at him, and I thought maybe it was like, oh, he's having that hesitation because he's being charged at. And mm-hmm. but the second time I was watching, I was like, oh no, I see what's going on now. It's just just, and I was just like, oh, I said that's a, that's a nice nice little touch that they did with yeah. the animation, where if you're paying attention, you can pick up on those things. And that just shows you again the art style improving from what we were used to watching growing up with Robotech and Speed Racer, where it was like, some of this, Oh, I love this. They're really moving this up. They're raising that level. And which is yeah. what you always want to see artists do is move it up and move those bars up. But sometimes it's still nice to see some old school action out there, you know? So not everything yeah. else has to be yeah. at that stuff that, that, that yeah. particular point. Cause sometimes you get bored, everything being the same, you know, like to have play with, Use all the colors of the rainbow, so to speak. Use all the different styles. Yeah. 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 What it's, you... uh, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I forgot what I was going to say now. So. Okay, I was going to take us. <laughs> I was going to take us to the to the big the big dude at the literally the big dude at the end walking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, walking. He was awesome. Walking. Um, walking was huge. He was another assassin. And according to the professor, I think the professor was talking about it, that he was the last of a tribe of Native Americans known as the Skookum. Um, he was a psychic. He had, uh, I think he was, said he was the most powerful psychic uh, ever. He had psych- He did these psychokinesis. He was able to melt things, and especially in that fight, whether he could melt the wall and cause it to explode and, and that kind of thing. Just a huge guy. And I thought it was a, a cool touch with him that the bandana that he wore it was like a power damper. It kept his power in control. Otherwise, it would he would go completely insane and just wipe everything out. Very cool action scene with those two fighting. And you thought, just when you thought he was dead, his, tele- his telekinetic power or, or his psychic power resurrected him again for the final battle. Cool, cool, cool stuff. Yeah, and he was big, all right. He just, he had to turn sideways through every door he walked through. I'm pretty sure. I mean, he literally, to give listeners an idea, because they showed him with a lot of other people around sometimes, he was as wide as three men. Yeah, <laughs> and easily. Tall. It had to be nine or ten feet tall. You know, it's hard to tell. He was like at the hut, hitting the ceiling, in his laboratories and literally from wall to wall. I mean, it was just a, a huge chiseled, huge um, monster of a man, so to speak. Yeah. And, and I thought I loved his line. What, how did it go? When he was talking to Kiro, you and I each have too much power that we know how to, then we, we know what to use with. And that's leading us to be monsters. Yeah. It's something like uh, people that uh, people like us that have too much power, uh, have to suffer or something like that. He's saying, and that was a good line. That was one of the most, uh, one of the best lines in the movie, actually, uh, because it, that's, it told a little bit about him and what he was all about and what, and, uh, I thought that was cool. And I also thought was kind of funny is, or not, not funny, but interesting. He was named after Christopher Walken. That's how he came up with the name Walken. Yeah. Yeah, that was very cool, I thought. <laughs> and and the first time I saw it, I kind of figured, can it be Christopher Walken? And yeah, after reading a little bit about it, yeah, that's what they named it after Christopher Walken. Yeah, when I saw it was the, cool to, to, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, when I saw the spelling of it, it didn't dawn on me, but it did, like, it was like, yeah, until later on, I was like, oh, Walken, Walken. They spelled it the exact same way. <laughs> yeah. He was, that was a, and actually, that was a cool character. You know, when he, especially he cuts the sigil into his, his chest and that, I guess it meant that he was vowing to kill Bao and, um, just cool stuff like that added to his character a little bit. It reminded me a little bit of, um, in Predator where the one guy who was the Native American guy when he, when he's he's going to be the person knife and he was doing it, didn't he carve something into himself too before? I think he just made a, 
a he made like he took this big giant knife and took a made a slash across so the predator would see the blood, the heat from the blood, maybe. I don't, I don't know, know why. Or maybe, but... or maybe it's like something. So I don't know. You know, maybe it's. You know, it'd be interesting to find out. You know, do a little research. Mm-hmm. But that movie was also earlier than this. So you never know. Like, really, is is the, are they pulling stuff from prior movies to show visually? Yeah. But then again, I also got to remember the comic came out in the mid '80s. So some of these things that we're talking about did come before it, and some of them came at the same time. So it's hard yeah. to say what what led the um, the creator of the comic. And how do you say his name? Akira? Um, Akira? Hirohiko Araki. Araki. He's, yeah. Yeah. He, he wrote the comic and illustrated the comic as well. And I thought, I read a few of the comics. I wasn't able to get uh, my hands on a lot of them. But they did compile it into two volumes, which I've never been able to get my hands on. And that's that's one of my bucket list things is to is to get those two volumes of, of that. Cause, uh, I'm a big fan of this, of this movie. Yeah. I would love to be and able the, to read it. The artwork was amazing in it. From what I remember. Shonen Jump was the name of the, the comic book. And it came out in 84, which is probably about the same time Predator came out. I believe. And we were talking about the Predator, but, but yeah, he, Bow was always on the cover of that, but I never got, read all of them together and uh, always wanted to oh like i said i'd love to get my hands on it and, and go through it i do know there is a video that's on youtube that talks about the differences between the movie and the book like so and and, and it was nice because it would show you some of the artwork like this is what happened in the comics and this is what was left out you know they were, they were going back and yeah. forward with the differences it's about five minutes and uh, I thought that was very nice to see because not having had a chance to read it, I was able, you're always wondering, oh, what did they leave out? And and there yeah, was more yeah. explanation of what was going on. So you actually would have had, if they would have put that in maybe 10 more minutes, you would have had yeah. actually a uh, more fleshed out plot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I get the feeling that that's not what they were shooting for, you know. <laughs> they were just shooting for some blood and guts action and, uh, that's what they that's what they gave us well if that's the case i was they, there was giant spiders in the original work so i don't know why they dropped the giant spiders oh wow he's visually it's a cool looking character as well it's got that he, he gets covered in this uh shell almost that uh cracks around his eye but it's like an armor that he grows um he's visually he's a very cool looking character and uh, his hair is always flying around like it's alive, like almost like Medusa. I loved it when he finally went barefoot at the end. It made more sense with him sticking to walls and crawling around on feet and stuff like that. <laughs> well, that was because of walking with his, on one thing, burnt off his shoes. So it, Yeah, yeah. And, and he also had the power to bring the girl back to life or say, or heal her, which is, yeah, it, it's almost like, Every time he had something come up, the, the guy was writing this stuff. Was like, okay, we'll give him this new power. We'll give it. It's almost like yeah. a bit like early Doctor Who and then right, early right. Superman. It's like the you know sixties, fifties, sixties Superman, where it's like, oh, now he's got this power and this ability. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what it, it seemed like. Uh, and I, that's another reason I really want to read the comic is to find out how those powers, what powers he if he even gained powers according to whatever situation he was in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I'd like to find out more about, that kind of stuff. And, and uh, Because it seemed like it, he was adapting to whatever danger he was in. You know, that's the power he would he would adapt, which is a cool idea. It's a really cool idea. Well, I'm glad you picked it. I definitely, definitely enjoyed watching it. And um, my older son, who's in his twenties was came home last night and he's listening to, he's hearing me watch this and he goes, what are you watching? You know, and he loves anime. He loves manga. So he, you know, uh-huh. all three of my children do. And uh, so he was, he was curious about it. So I was telling him this morning before I went to work, I was like, Oh, this is what it's about. You know, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, 
Oh, really? It's like, yeah, I said it's, and he's looking it up. I said, it's on YouTube. You can see the subbed version, dubbed version, go for it. And uh, so I'm sure by the time I get home today, he would have already, he's already going to see it. And, okay. uh, and that kind of, because he also, he's familiar with JoJo and, um, and other things. So he's. Oh, okay. JoJo's, uh, what's it called? JoJo's Big Adventure or Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, JoJo's Bar- Bizarre Adventure, which, which yeah. he didn't care for as much. Um, mm-hmm. but he was, but he was intrigued by this. I was just like, it's, I said, it's like, it's like raid redemption without all the dialogue bits, just, just pure action. Yeah. 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 I hope he likes it. I really do. It's, it's, it, that's one of the things, like I said, I wanted to get out that people, people, a lot of people have never heard of this and, and, uh, it's always been one of my favorites. So I, I really, really hope he likes it. You got to let me know. Oh well, I'll message you later about it, and I'm sure he will. I know, I know how he rolls, so I'm sure he's gonna. Lo- I'm sure he's gonna like this one. Where my daughter probably would not like it as much because of the, as we talked about earlier, the um, animal deaths. We we didn't really mention yeah. how many. There are a lot of dead dogs and tiger and and that kind of stuff. And yeah, and I think in the comic book, the the, the manga, there was um a gorilla. There was one guy that had a gorilla that that. It was an assassin group. So there was like all these, there was a lot of assassins oh, that left wow. out. So this could have been longer with even more. But I think for what they were trying to do, it fit right because otherwise it would be, it would almost be too long of an adrenaline rush, if you, if you know what I mean. I'm glad yeah. it was a, yeah. that 45, 47 minute mark because if you try to stretch that out and keep that going for an hour plus, uh, it'll yeah. start to get yeah. a little bit like, oh, yeah, I agree. Redundant. Yeah. Uh, especially the way they presented it. It was just, you know, you have these archetypal characters. This is the professor. This is the evil professor. This is the hero. This is the villain. That's all you need to know (laughs) because uh, they they did what they were there to do, and that's it. There was no characterization. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Anything longer than than that would have, it might not be as good as it was. All right, and, I think one of the things before we wrap up, you went, you were telling me before we started recording, you're also going to be starting on to another podcast on occasion. Um, you want to talk about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's called, uh, I'm associated with, um, product movie production company called Lee Havoc productions. We make short films. Well, we make some features too, uh, mostly horror films, little independent films. And we have a podcast. It's called uh, Leak Havoc Film Buffs Podcast. And we don't just cover horror there. We we cover all kinds of movies, comedy, dramas, uh, not musicals. Uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> it's not on your episode. <laughs> uh, not on mine. Not on my watch. But, uh, uh, and yeah, we, we, but we cover a wide variety of, of stuff. And uh, just, uh, Look up uh, Wreak Havoc Production, Productions.com, uh, and we have a YouTube channel for it, Wreak Havoc Productions. You can, you can find our first episode just came out uh, earlier this week. So uh, um, look for it. It's, we covered um, uh, Wakanda Forever and uh, Werewolf by Night from Disney Plus, the old Marvel comic turned and uh, covered that as well. So that was our first episode, first and second episode. So, um, yeah, check us out. And also, listeners, you can follow him at um, Decades of Horror, the classic era, the 70s, the 80s. They're also they're not only just podcasts that you can listen to audio-wise, whatever podcast catcher you're, catcher you're listening to this on, but they're also all on YouTube. So if you want to see what Chad looks like, you can watch <laughs> And and one thing I I saved Chad from having to do we didn't do it on this thing we didn't do any taglines because there's this whole thing with taglines of taglines of Chad so I, I you I, I'm not putting oh you gosh Stephen Stephen thank you so much for that I, you don't know what that means to me that I don't have to read taglines <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that's an extra special treat I can do a podcast and I have to read taglines. Yeah, and and you know there were two of them on this one. But I was like, ah, eh, they're not really that great anyway. So it's just I'm I'm not going to put you through it. I know Jeff Jeff's going to be upset if he's listening to this. You should have done it, but oh well. 
Oh yeah, he will definitely send you a message uh, apart from where where I can see it, telling you you should have him read. But it's a whole bit on the show that he's he just keeps up in the ante on it with graphics now and music, and uh, I hate him for it. Just so, just so, just so he knows. Well, it's, it's your way, 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 way older brother picking on you. Yeah, my super, super older brother is doing that. So, Well, Chad, I want to thank you for joining me for this episode, and I'm glad you're able to do it, and I hope listeners will go listen to you on other stuff that you're doing and following and, and, and also look at the Wreck Havoc and see the different shorts when they're available. Yeah, sure thing. Um, uh, I'd love for everybody to check them out. Uh, we we have a channel. We're working on something now where we're going to be able to show all the shorts online and everything like that. So, um, And I even directed one of them. So it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. And I thank you for having me on. It's, it's super cool to be able to talk about this movie. And I hope anybody that's listened to us talk about it will go out and, and seek it out and watch. I hope again, again, listeners, it's available easily on YouTube, so you don't have to pay anything. It's right there. And um, if you want to send us feedback, send us feedback at diecastmoviepodcast at gmail.com or leave us a message on our Facebook page. You know, we always like hearing back from people. And to take us out of the episode, I'm not going to put Chad for this. I'll add it on later. We're going to listen to the end credit song of Bo. <laughs> <laughs>